Hello and welcome to the Political Notebook Podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher. And I'm Robert Robb, an editorial columnist for the Arizona Republic and Billy's dad. This episode, I kind of want to have a more of an open-ended conversation. Don't have a lot of planned questions, but just an open-ended conversation about the state of the race in terms of the uh, the Senate race and the presidential race and kind of the state of of politics here in Arizona. If you, well, we, I guess let's start out with in this way. A couple, a few episodes ago, we, we had an episode that we, we called uh, "Are the Are the Republicans Starting to Distance Themselves from Trump?" and I think that was after he he started started to really attack and question the legit, legitimacy uh, of the election, and that caused several Republicans to to back away. And there was one uh, prominent conservative backer who wrote a who wrote a strong op-ed basically saying this is grounds for for impeachment. Uh, since then, uh, that was kind of my last hope that maybe Republicans would start to distance themselves uh, from Trump. But we haven't seen, we have seen kind of the opposite of that, especially here in Arizona. This week was the f- kind of a full court press with Trumpism almost every day this week. Uh, Trump was here on, I think, Monday and then had Ivanka Trump here, Mike Pence here, or Mike Pence's wife here. Donald Trump Jr. is here this week talking to young young voters for, for Trump. And it just seems like if you look at the polls right now that Republicans are down in pretty much every poll that, that we see from the from the Senate race to the to the presidential race. So you might see this is a this is a likely possibility that in you know, it, in November, we're going to see that the that the Arizona has elected will have two Democratic senators. Uh, a poll just came out today showing that uh, this populist educational movement passing a major tax hike. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw that Invest in Ed in a poll out today was up in the polls. We may send our electoral votes for president to to a Democrat for the first time in a long time. We might see a, an Arizona legislature uh, controlled by the Democrats for the first time in a long time. So it seems like we're, we're possibly being set up for an absolutely brutal repudiation of the Republican Party in Arizona. First of all, I guess, do you, do you see a reason why it would not be such a brutal repudiation? Is there reason to doubt these, uh, these polls that we're seeing? Uh, and, and if, if we do see that, if that is the result we see, what is the, I guess, the big picture takeaway, how are Republicans going to respond to that? If they just get absolutely demolished here in Arizona in November? Well, there's, there's no question that, that, uh, Democrats are in a stronger position uh, than they have been uh, for decades. Um, more important, I think, than the polls uh, is uh, the fact that they have substantially narrowed uh, the Republican registration advantage. 
Um, and it's difficult to discern um, how turnout will be, uh, uh, but uh, certainly there's a possibility um, that uh, an anti-Trump sentiment uh, will drive increased turnout among uh, Democratic-leaning um, voting blocks uh, and narrow the customary advantage that Republicans have in turnout. Um, I don't, I, I believe that the polling industry um, uh, is basically a dinosaur and the polls that we see should be taken with more than just a grain of salt. Um, the cannot contact and refusal rates are now sky high. Uh, and um, so I, I, I just am not confident that these polling organizations can pull a true representative uh, sample, uh, particularly when what turnout is going to do uh, is so difficult to um, predict. And I do believe that there's an ideological bias uh, to people who are willing to respond to pollsters. Um, the polls consistently uh, are conservatives and causes and conservative Republican candidates consistently perform better on election day than the polls indicate that, they're, that they were going to. Uh, the only exception to that in recent history was in 2012, uh, where Mitt Romney did uh, worse than the polls were projecting uh, against uh, Barack Obama. The most recent poll uh, has uh, the Arizona results within the margin of error in the presidential race. Um, that all said, there's no question um, that right now uh, Democrats in a, are in a stronger position than they have ever been. And while I don't think that it's a certainty um, a uh, Republican route uh, in November, um, both in terms of uh, candidates and causes, uh, is certainly possible. Um, but um, I don't believe that it's anywhere near a certainty or that the Republicans or the anti-201 campaign um, might as well fold their, their tent and or the two, the, I, I think the, it's the two, possible. the two hundred eight, the two hundred eight campaign. You mean? Yeah. Um, well, the, the, the no on two hundred eight campaign. No on two hundred eight. Yeah, that poll. I mean, that poll. What was out just today had it not. I mean, not down a little bit. They had it 66 percent in favor of of invest in Ed, and they had. So I mean, in terms I, of the, I, I I did a reasonable amount of polling in my my previous life. And on Invest in Ed, I could form a question uh, which would get a 60-30 positive response um, that would be accurate in terms of what the ballot proposition does. I, can, I could also form a question that was valid with respect to what the proposition does, um, which would have 60-30 um, opposition. Um, so, uh, again, I, I don't think we should at this point in time uh, read that much into the polls in terms of precise position between 
the parties, but there's zero question uh, that Democrats uh, are in a stronger position than, than they've been in a very long time. And a Republican route is uh, possible. I, I just don't think it's a certainty at this point. And when you say ca cause Republican candidates and causes, do you think it's, do you think that the philosophy behind the party, I mean, I guess there's a question about what that even is. I mean, you, you wrote an article uh, a couple of weeks ago that said um, that basically that, that the Democrats are making it uh, the, the choice of the, what you call don't like Trumpers making their choice difficult by raising the stakes of not voting for Trump because they're basically the Democrats are running on not just a typical moderate left to center platform, but almost a transformation of, of the economic system to be more in, in line of a European style. I guess you wouldn't call it a true democratic socialist system, but have social democracy so, is the term that's used over there and I think is fairly um, attributed to what um, Biden and the Democratic Party are, are proposing. It's not socialism because it doesn't involve government ownership of the means of uh, production, um, but it is a government-led economy uh, with a vast uh, a much vaster and more expensive social welfare system. Well, you're saying that they're, you know, they're they're not just campaigning on let's get Trump out of office and return back to normal, you know, left to center economic and social policies. That they've raised the stakes in that. But the you know the flip side of that question that I have is, what are the what is the what does the Republican Party stand for? What is their position on health care? What is their plan? You know, Trump is outright denying the existence of climate change. You're not not just saying that the, the, the Democrats don't have the right plan going forward and that it'll be counterproductive, which I think many conservatives would would say. But he's outright denying that it even exists. And and, you know, same 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 kind of idea with COVID. He's not he's not just saying and I, I'm using Trump in almost the same breath as I'm talking about the Republican Party because it seems like the Republican Party is Trump and and, and Trumpism in, in many ways. But he's not just he's not just calling into question the over restrictive elements of the COVID responses from the government. He's he's openly poking holes into the very science of the fact that a mask can, can, can prevent the spread of an air of the airborne virus, which all of his, all of this, all the science people say, that's a very simple and easy way to, he's calling to question the, the very tools that we have to actually get a hold of this, of this virus. So, so I just see you, what does the Republican party stand for? I mean, what is, it's just well the the my use of the term conservative cause in this particular discussion and context um was the proposition 208 campaign mm -hmm. um and uh, i'm i believe that 
the no side will do dramatically better uh, than the current polling is uh, indicating. Uh, but um, the cost of sticking with Trump is also very, very high for all the reasons that you mentioned. And I don't believe that the Republican Party at present um, has a, a coherent uh, political philosophy uh, that uh, ties all the various factions of uh, the party uh, together. It is, it is the party of Trump. Uh, that's a fair criticism, and it is uh, one of the major reasons uh, that Democratic prospects uh, in the state um, have so dramatically brightened, uh, because uh, Trump um, uh, does poorly in Arizona. Uh, he ran... He, he's fond of talking about Mitt Romney as the loser. Well, Mitt Romney carried Arizona by over nine percentage points. Donald Trump carried it by a little over three percentage points. Um, and uh, he um, certainly has a prospect uh, of uh, losing Arizona in the general election, um, which will be the only second time since... Harry Truman, uh, that Arizona uh, voted for the Democratic candidate. The most recent um, example was Bill Clinton in uh, 1996. And they're trying to frame it just to call some attention to the to the Senate race here. When I see these ads, the the Republicans are trying to to present it like we don't know, kind of the same way they attack cinema. Like she pretends to be, they said she pretends to be a moderate, but she'll, she'll actually be an extreme radical Democrat. And they're, and they're basically trying to do the same thing with, with Mark Kelly saying he acts like, he acts like a centrist, but there's no way he can, that he's going to be able to stand up to the, to the radical left. And, and my, my thing is, well, we already we don't know. You're right, maybe we don't know how he's gonna how he's gonna be, um, but we know we know already that Senator McSally will not stand up to Donald Trump. We already know that, and I that's that's my own criticism. But I think a lot of voters in, in Arizona kind of see the same thing. Of well, you know, you got this guy who's who's, who's running to be a centrist. He's running a much more positive campaign. Maybe he's more trustworthy in, in people's, people's eyes. And it's just, I don't, I just don't think that attack is going to work based on what we've seen, uh, in the last two years from, uh, from cinema and what we've seen from, from McSally. Oh, there's a significant difference, uh, between, uh, Kirsten Cinema and Mark Kelly. Um, Cinema had been a congresswoman for six years. Uh, she had a track record, and so there was some credence to her claim uh, to uh, be a nonpartisan, independent uh, voice. Uh, and McSally completely ignored that record uh, and went back to her radical anti-war days. Mark, Mark Kelly has no such track record. Um, there's utterly no basis um, for his claim to be an independent centrist in the mode of uh, Kirsten Cinema, uh, uh, And uh, in order to make that a credible claim, 
um, he needs to identify, in my judgment, publicly, uh, where he differs um, from the Biden agenda and Democratic uh, orthodoxy uh, for this year. Uh, and, and he is being, uh, as I put it in a column, obdurant, uh, obdurantly vague. Um, now, McSally has the problem of not ever having established a political persona that was independent, even if it was supportive of Trump. And I think that hurt her in 2018. I think that's hurting her now. And it's the chief deficiency uh, in her own campaign. Uh, even though Trump is an anchor in Arizona, uh, McSally, to the extent these polls can be given any kind of uh, credence, runs behind Trump. Um, so there is a group of voters who prefer um, Trump to Biden, uh, are willing to tell pollsters that, um, but aren't willing to support McSally. So I, I think she has had a serious problem in not developing a, an independent political persona uh, that was attractive uh, to voters. Mark Kelly, by contrast, um, uh, has a uh, very admirable uh, record of service to the country as a member of the military and as an astronaut. Uh, he uh, is running a more positive campaign. Uh, I, I think it's kind of an empty vessel. Um, he's not telling us what he will do as a senator, only that, like cinema, he's, he's an uh, uh, independent, uh, nonpartisan centrist. Um, but um, that may be enough and, and and it might be the right political strategy i don't i don't think it's i don't i i think it cheats the voters and and that someone who's going to run for a position like this ought to level with voters as to what they intend to yeah, do yeah yeah uh, but it may be a smart political strategy um particularly given uh the deficiency in mcsally's campaign in establishing an independent political persona that people like I wish there were more debates. There's only one debate coming up. I mean, is there any chance to? Is there any chance that that this late in the game, from you know, even if you don't think the polls are so great, is there a chance that any hail mary chance of 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 her? Do you think coming back and winning? And I mean, like a like a I guess the debate is is the only thing I can think of that's going to be a high visibility possible game changer. Trump is trying to redefine the national election along cultural lines uh, in taking on um, the left's uh, identity and grievance uh, politics. Uh, that can be a game changer. Uh, and uh, I don't know that there's anything that McSally can do herself uh, that would um, change the odds in this race, it is tightening. Um, I think it will continue to tighten. Uh, but if Trump succeeds in, in his strategy of uh, making this a cultural election on the basis of identity, grievance, and protest politics and law and order, 
Um, that could be a Hail Mary that, that has a dramatic effect on the outcome. Um, I do believe that it is tightening the presidential race uh, in a number of states, uh, including Arizona. The way I would describe the presidential election state of play is Biden has the better hand, but Trump is playing his hand better than Biden. So paradoxically, I think that that McSally needs Trump to win Arizona by more than a squeaker. Does that just play well for Trump just because he's saying that he supports the police and he's he's attacking the the radical left on on Twitter? I mean, because he's he's currently president and obviously he's got all the power he's going to have next term to, to do something about it. And so if it's happening under under his watch, I don't I, I guess I just don't understand why it's an appeal to cultural identity and and affinity. I mean, the, the left is saying America is a rotten country and it's been rotten since our founding. Um, that offends an awful lot of people. Now, it is an irrelevancy. There's, there's nothing that the president, there's not much that, that the president um, can do or should do with respect to the policy issues that emanate from that. Um, but Just a branding, it, like a it, branding it, kind of. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, there are a lot of people deeply offended by the claim uh, that America is a uh, terrible country, uh, an immoral country, uh, has been since our founding, uh, and uh, remains so today. I, I just... I think that's a powerful message. And then when you see what's happening in these cities, not only with protest politics uh, and uh, the uh, looting and, and, and rioting, which I think should be separated from the protest politics, but gets conflated on both sides, uh, but also the rising crime rates uh, in major cities uh, as the police in reaction to the sharp criticism uh, of them and, and the lack of support that they're getting from local Democratic elected officials, uh, withdrawing from proactive policing. Uh, arrests are way down, stops are way down in a lot of major cities. Homicides are up. Uh, and while I don't think homicides are necessarily a proxy for crime in general, you're beginning to see rising crime rates in property uh, categories in these major cities. So people see that. Uh, and I think that it, I, I think people underestimate the extent to which a rejection of political correctness uh, played a strong role in Trump's 2016 victory. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I think that these I, are powerful issues uh, to people and, and, and Trump's, the only one pushing back. He may not be the I, best yeah. person to push back, but right now he's the only one pushing back. And people are I giving him credit. I mean, I don't think he's the only one pushing back. Biden himself has condemned the 
any any kind of any kind of violence. I know he fr- I know he framed it in a in a he, in an anti Trump screen, but he's running yeah, for president. How do you blame he, him for that? He, <laughs> Trump's, it's Trump's fault, and and he has stressed he says he says reform and controlling the police vastly more uh, than he has talked about uh, keeping civil sp- space safe in our in our major cities. I mean, he didn't. He, he says that Trump is pouring fuel on the fire. And I, I agree with that. I mean, he's uh, what 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 possible what issue out there becomes less inflamed when Trump gets involved in it? No issue. He 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 pours fuel on the fire. He fuels, you know, he, he fuels the 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 anger of of any of of his own supporters and uh, in kind the the strongest reaction from from anyone else. And I I don't I just. I know he's got his diehard supporters and and people that are never supporting, but we're kind of talking about the 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 remaining swing voters here. I just don't know how you look at Trump and see someone who's got reverence for the 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 value the the values that uh, stand for uh, America. I mean, he he seems to have a disdain for for the values that underpin uh, what what made. Uh, the United States, you know, the sh- shining city on a hill, as 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 it's called, and 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 Biden has his flaws, but I think he actually does have a genuine love for the country, and I just I just don't, you know, I, I think I think Trump has a genuine love for him himself, and so I just I just don't I just I just don't see how how you look at the situation and think that. Trump is well, the answer over Biden on on these issues. Well, again, it's largely a relevancy because the policy decisions on these matters are made at a local, a state and local level, not at the presidential level. Uh, but um, Biden criticizes the cops. Trump supports them. Uh, Biden has a convention in which uh, the looting and rioting is uh, never uh, rejected, uh, never uh, criticized. Um, he supports the local mayors and prosecutors who are not taking action against the looters uh, and uh, rioters. Uh, he ha- He's running on a platform uh, which pretty much calls for uh, de facto quotas, uh, not only in government, but uh, in uh, the private sector, uh, he has uh, practiced it himself. He said that the only people he's going to consider for vice president are people who are women. Um, men need not apply. He has said that he will choose for uh, his first Supreme Court nomination uh, a black woman. So even women of other ethnicities um, need not apply. Uh, And uh, people, there's a segment of the swing voters uh, who find that uh, identity and grievance politics to which Biden and the Democratic Party are committed. It is a core value uh, to... Uh, be a false indictment uh, of the United States uh, and an abandonment 
of the aspiration of the United States to be a colorblind uh, uh, meritocracy. Um, and uh, Trump may be completely insincere, and an awful lot of people who may end up biting, voting for him on these issues may regard him and agree that he is insincere and he's exploiting it for political purposes uh, and he goes about it all the wrong way. Uh, but at least he's standing up for that view of the United States and rejecting uh, both the rhetoric, the critique, and the agenda of identity and grievance politics. And there, um, and there are going to be, and you think it's possible that enough people will have that be their um, main sticking point in terms of casting their vote over something like ha having someone who is going to be moderately competent in, in messaging and, and toning down the temperature um, and, and uh, let, you know, will, quote unquote, will, will take, quote unquote, people. taking, Go ahead. take, just take, just taking the, taking the, the, the enormous, uh, responsibility of the office seriously and, and, and something like, you know, uh, a pandemic. Uh, I know that both, both sides have, have maybe blame for, um, be, being hypocritical on different things and, and, and manipulating the science, but just, you know, just consistent messaging from, from what, from what, you know, the difference between what Trump said to Bob Woodward in, in person. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is that kind of behavior that we've seen from four years of Trump, do you think people, do you think enough people are going to look at it way at all, way at all and say, you know what, I'd rather have the guy who doesn't have a quota on who he's going to choose in his staff. It, it's a, well, it's much broader than that. It's a whole view mm -hmm. of the country, its history, what it stands for and where it should head. It's a lot to swallow. I mean, there's a reason why Trump is behind. Uh, yeah. And there's a reason why if, if there was, uh, as I have written, if you had Bill Clinton in 1996 running, I could win in a landslide. I believe there's a decisive majority of the American voters who would like to be rid of uh, Donald Trump and abhor the prospect of four more years of the Trump daily yeah political soap opera. But Is, Biden did are, win. Are, are there enough voters who will swallow that because of this larger cultural issue and divide? I mean, Biden I was the more moderate. Okay. I think it is possible. I, I, I won't say that it's certain, but I do believe that these kind of issues in less sharp relief were a major factor in Trump winning in, in 2016. Uh, the people were just tired of being called deplorables. But Biden did win the Democratic primary, running as more moderate than, than some of the other some of the other candidates. Does that tell you anything about the the base or the core of the Democratic Party? I think Biden had the opportunity to run on a return to normal, a legitimate return to normalcy campaign, offering uh, four years of calm, of uh, calmness, and comedy, and an attempt to right 
uh, to work out um, bipartisan solutions to the problems facing uh, the country. He chose not to run that campaign. He chose to create a unity platform uh, with the guy he defeated uh, for the nom- that was the nomination. yeah that was that was kind of interesting. Just last last point here is uh, I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. Usually. It seemed like he was running more centrist in the primary and then almost shifted to the left, you know, to, to bring everyone together in the general, where usually you would do the opposite or you would you would try to get sort of the base. But but he was competing against so many so many lefties in the in the primary that he distinguished himself by going by going more moderate and then seemed like he. Well, it's worth re- remembering that that Biden was losing the Democratic nomination until uh, the race turned to South Carolina and uh, blacks in South Carolina supported him overwhelmingly. Um, I think it both reflected more of a moderate sentiment among um, that particular uh, electorate, um, but also a sense of loyalty. Biden has been there for those causes that they uh, care about for a very long time. Um, So uh, it was sort of a rush to judgment after South Carolina with other potential contenders dropping out. And so I don't know that there was a decisive decision by Democratic primary voters that they preferred a moderate centrist candidate uh, as much it was an accident of the calendar and a and an overwhelming support from uh, blacks in in, uh, South Carolina. Biden has always sort of been wherever the Democratic consensus was. Uh, And I believe that the Democratic platform in in the Biden-Sanders unity uh, agenda uh, does reflect um, where the party is. Well, let's leave it there for for this episode. Last question: NBA Finals. Who you got? We got we got Lakers Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, and the Heat and Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Former son Goran Dragic leading leading the Heat. Um, I. <laughs> remain quarantined uh, from, from professional sports except for golf. So I'm rooting for I, that. I, oh, I it's the U.S. Open this week. Huh? I didn't even know who was in who was in the finals. So well, who, who got who, who got in the like? U.S. I like the Heat. I'm going for Drogic. I love the Heat playing playing team ball and and seem like they're having fun. But uh, who you got in the U.S. Open? That's this week, right? It is this week. Um, and w- when you when you have 20, 25 people playing well with a good chance to win, having a favorite is kind of a foolish um, function. Um, you just like I, watch I, I, and, and, and the U.S. Open is my least favorite professional golf tournament, as I have said on a few other occasions. If I want to watch uh, golfers struggle to make par – all I have to do is to pay more attention to my usual Saturday <laughs> Saturday group. <laughs> well, uh, 
Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Political Notebook podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.